Hi, this is Eddie Beeson. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's laboratory. Ha 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 ha. Hey, what's up, guys? Chris Rostali and Joe Cahill together again for Journal of the Jedi. Joe, how you been? I have been really well. I uh, got out of California and moved over here to West Texas <laughs> since the last time I was on. Now, it has been forever since you've done a Star Wars show. How, how's it feel to be back? Ready to talk some Star Wars? I am always ready to talk some Star Wars. <laughs> you up to date on everything too many shows going on i had to take a break that's true yeah you had us you, you were appearing on war of the stars every so often and uh lord knows any other ones <laughs> oh, just the game ones are crazy game one? Oh, you were on some some uh D game one or uh D style game star wars games oh yeah and i'm on a star trek game um so you know my, my nights are pretty full i'll be playing star trek tomorrow oh so. night <laughs> you know what i know this is a star wars show and this is for star wars podcast day but i gotta i gotta say it. i gotta ask i've seen books for it but i've never seen or heard uh a, a star a star trek game how does how does that work like I imagine it's almost kind of I don't I don't mean to shit on Star Trek here, but I mean, like, I, I almost feel like it would be boring that your character sitting on the bridge of the ship. And if you're the communicator, you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we I know the, the DM that's running. He just uh, limits which character, which characters are available. Okay. So he'll tell you, you know, I have a spot for a captain. I have a spot for a helmsman, a chief engineer, medical officer. And then he kind of cuts out the ones that never get to go do anything anyway. Those so are just I, NPCs I, that stay on the ship when we do away missions and all that. So, so if I join the game and I wind up with a red shirt, I know it's coming. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm the ship captain, so you should know it's happening anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on. Let me go ahead and get this added away here before we actually get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Here, uh, first and foremost, of course, as, as I mentioned, this is for Star Wars Podcast Day. You can find us hashtag Star Wars Podcast Day. Or hashtag SWPD2022. Uh, uh, you know, we're going to have it in the description and everything. It's going to make it easier for you guys to find it. Of course, you could look up Star Wars Podcast Day, uh, the group, uh, on, on Facebook. And, uh, you know, this is something I actually learned about that, that uh, recently that I thought was really interesting. It's the whole entire reason we do this on February 7th or release these on February 7th is... Uh, uh, it's the 23rd anniversary of Jedi Talk, which was the very first Star Wars related podcast, uh, which premiered back on February 7th, 1999. So that that's why Star Wars Podcast Day has become February 7th, an annual event. I thought that was interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, otherwise you'd think, well, why isn't it on May the 4th? <laughs> you know, all uh, oh, that's that celebration. That would that would be my first thought, like, you know, put it on Star Wars Day or even even the following day. You know, I know it's Cinco de Mayo to most people, but for Star Wars fans, it's Revenge of the Sith or the Fifth, rather. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> why not throw it on there? You know, but no, that now it makes sense. Now I understand why they're doing it. You know, 
And of course, uh, the last uh, possible thing I want to throw in there for anybody is, you know, besides checking out Journal of the Jedi here for for our Star Wars podcast day, make sure you're checking out all the other great shows, man. There's there's something like, I don't know, 25 or more different uh, uh, Star Wars podcasts that are involved with this Star Wars podcast day, including a very close personal friend of ours, Mark Tully and War of the Stars. Make sure you guys are going and checking out their shows. Yeah, great shows. We both guest on it every once in a while. Um, you know, I was a regular on the show for, what, two years? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a long time. And uh, just had to take that break. So coming back to uh, Jedi, and we'll see how I do here again. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've gotten the meat and potatoes out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into the dessert, which is... Look, I can't think of anything better to talk. I mean, we could talk Mandalorian. We could talk uh, 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 Book of Boba Fett. We could talk about the upcoming Kenobi. But I think just in general, let's just go ahead and talk about the general direction of Star Wars overall. I mean, from 1977 to 2022, we have jumped into a larger galaxy than we ever thought possible. Uh it- Absolutely. And I mean, then the number of shows that are coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that, the list is astounding. I know Mark Hamill's been playing some game all week on his uh, Twitter, I believe it was, where he keeps giving clues to some some kind of announcement or something tomorrow, which, of course, is strange to me because, you know, that is the Book of Boba Fett's new episode every week. Right. So I'm wondering if somehow... Luke is going to be uh, talked about or to start moving towards the introduction of a Luke-based series. Um, I and, love that. And, yeah, and Mark is happens to be in Vancouver talking about Hollywood North and filming something. I'll tell you what, though. I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about this. I, I would love, I mean, God forbid... God bless. You know, Luke was one one of my all time favorite characters as a kid. You know, I I would I loved Darth Vader, but I would dress up as Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. was he was my man to give me the adventures of Luke Skywalker after Return of the Jedi. I mean, I was oh. a, I was a I was a I was a fan girl with the uh, season two ending of The Mandalorian. But you give me a whole series on it. I'm I'm all for it. I'm 100 percent in. But. And as much as I love Mark Hamill being a part of it, if they did a full-on series, I think I would want a new actor. Well, you know, I was thinking, what if it was Luke, Mark Hamill currently, older Luke, reminiscing about the past? I'd be down for that. Reviewing his mistakes, and then you've got like, well, the person, only person I think that should be playing Luke, uh, besides Mark Hamill, is Sebastian Stan. Agreed. Absolutely. I mean, he looks just almost exactly like a nice young Luke Skywalker. However, the body double they used for uh, for the Mandalorian, he didn't look too terrible. I think with the right well, makeups, he could probably pull off. Well, because no, I saw his face. No, he couldn't pull it off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was in the last episode of Book of Boba Fett. He was the young lieutenant in the X-Wing. Oh, OK. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, they they made a big deal about, you know, he came in from. Uh, doing Luke Skywalker's body double to now they gave him a, a cameo in Book of Boba Fett. Okay. 
Um, and yeah, he didn't look at all like Mark Hamill was a young man. <laughs> you know, you know what? I finally sat down and watched the Star Wars gallery thing, and uh, my mind was blown from uh, that episode of Mandalorian uh, where he was being chased down by two X-wings while he still had the Razor Crest. And I never realized one of them was Dave Filoni. Until <laughs> 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 they were talking about it, I said, "Holy shit, it is him!" <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, they like to do that. I, I think that's really great. Um, you know, Marvel does the same thing, so it's got to be kind of a Disney thing. Yeah. But, you know, the, the the whole bringing in Luke Skywalker in Mandalorian and having it so close to Vader's appearance in Rogue One. Right. You know, the way he marched right through the armies and the troops and... And now you've got Luke doing the same thing. Which, to be fair, I think that's a great homage to George Lucas's way of thinking with with this with the uh, uh, the franchise in general. Is he always said that it, it, it's poetry; it always rhymes itself. So if you put Vader's hallway scene with Luke's uh, appearance in the Mandalorian side by side, it is a perfect rhyme to each other. Oh right, throwing the one up onto the roof, slicing it. Mm-hmm. To, you know, to crushing that dark uh, dark trooper with the force, you know, force choke maneuver. Like know, I, I loved it. I, I was so excited for that episode. Uh, and you know what? I'm enjoying Book of Boba Fett. I know it's taken a lot of trash, but people aren't seeing it for what it's for. He's trying I, to basically remake himself and not respond as the old bounty hunter self. I, I'm right there with you. Like, uh, when I reviewed the last couple episodes up until this recent one, the man, the Mandalorian returns. Um, when I, when I reviewed my thoughts on, on book of Boba Fett, I, I gave, I, I rode the fence. I gave it a five out of 10, you know, arbitrary scoring. And the reason the being that I gave it is like, what we've gotten so far is fine, but I understand it's a slow burn. And I really get kind of like a, a Godfather vibe out of the show. Mm-hmm. And for people that may not be fans of Godfather, which, you know, what have you been living under a rock or something? Um, Godfather took a lot of time to build up to the crescendo, to the to the what everything was supposed to be happening, happening. I get that vibe from Boba Fett. That's why I rode the fence, because I'm like, if they don't do anything with it, then, yeah, this this show is weak. But if they're doing what I think they're doing and going the Godfather, Goodfellas type way with the with a with a criminal backstory and everything else, and and his rise to power as as the new uh, major domo uh, of Jabba's empire, shit's gonna take off at some point. Right, and they've come <laughs> close a couple of times. I mean, they showed him lose his temper with mm-hmm. um, the assassins that came after him and uh, Finnick. Uh, right, right. When he broke out, you know, he rocketed the one dude and just blew him apart. And then you kind of see in his face, it's kind of like, oh, that's not who I am anymore. And it made me think of Vader immediately saying, no disintegration. Disintegrations, yeah. That was a great callback. <laughs> that guy just exploded. Um, and, of course, Finnick is just an awesome character. I'll be honest, though. I, I, I did state this in, in my review, and I'll get your opinion on this, too. I think Boca Boba Fett is a perfect platform to start bringing in some of the other characters that people have always wanted to see more of from the CD underside of Star Wars, or at least see a live action version of in the CD side of Star Wars. And of course, I'm talking about people like Bosk, uh, have him show back up and some of the other ones from Empire Strikes Back. However, 
I think it would be a completely missed opportunity. Completely, if we do not see an appearance of like Cad Bane or Ho- uh, Hodo, uh, Hod- uh, Hod- Holdor. Fuck, it's Game of Thrones ruined that name for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, one of those characters to finally appear in live action. And quite honestly, especially with uh, Hodo, I, in well, my mind, I can't think of anybody else in my mind to give a live action uh, Hodo. Well, I thought it was great that they brought in a blacker stand. Oh yeah, but I'm, I'm saying like I think I think I think a Johnny Depp playing Hoda Hoda would would be phenomenal. I'm just thinking like Alien Jack Sparrow. And then, um, you know, in the, one of the background scenes inside the cantina that Boba Fett keeps going to, mm-hmm. you actually got to see the guy and girl from the cut scene on the original Star Wars seventy seven. Right, the Tosh Station, mm-hmm. Tosh Station, uh, they're in there, and I'm I I'd have to check, uh, but I think it was the original two people that played them. That Could have been, and uh, I know that's another good thing that Disney does like to do, and Lucasfilm has obviously got no problem with it. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, I I think we're going to get to see, from what I'm hearing, a lot more legends being brought into canon. Well, I, I definitely know we're uh, we're getting a live action Thrawn in the Ahsoka, or yeah, the Ahsoka series, right? You know, which if we're getting Thrawn, more than likely we're also going to see uh, Ezra finally appear live action from Rebels. You know, um, the rumor I heard was Mara Jade, but she won't be Luke's wife. Well, you know, we don't know that. Could she have been one of the Jedi that died uh, during Kylo Ren's? rant possible but i think uh if you go to the which i i'm not sure if it's canon or not but the uh the uh the novelization of last jedi they mentioned that that luke they they have a scene where luke is talking to his wife and it's not mara jade and then another scene where basically it's rumored that like in the in the in the movie that stone sitting next to Luke when Ray goes to try to hand the lightsaber to him was actually the headstone of his wife. So if that's canon, I'm not sure if the novelization is canon, but if that is canon, then Luke was married to somebody else. Right. So So we're just going to have to see um, what they pull off. Uh, You know, Mara is very easy to bring in now with Thrawn. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Since, you know, they were both introduced together in the same novel. Of legends i would i would love to see even even if she's not luke's wife i would love to see the hand of the emperor come in oh absolutely that would be an awesome thing um they could even go with the, the original part of the storyline before they fell in love where she was just hunting him based on the instruction she kept hearing through the force from palpatine kill luke skywalker you know if i were if i were if i were a writer since uh, we're bring, we're cherry picking in a Legends character, but we're not going to put her in the same timeline the same way as they kind of did with Thrawn, because uh, Thrawn was not in the Legends series. He was not in the same era as Rebels, you know. For example, like at least as far as when he came to power and became Actually, such a threat. That's taken care of now. Um, uh, Zahn release has released like five or six more Thrawn books. Right. With Disney's and Lucasfilm's help on on kind of where they wanted to go, and it is bringing him in um, 
just basically after the Republic. Right. So, well, no, I'm I'm saying he was there during that time, but like uh, when we first got introduced to him in Heir to the Jedi was was five years after Return of the Jedi, and then when we bring him in in Rebels, it's right before the rise of the of uh, the rebellion. You know, so you know, even though even though we cherry picked and kind of made the exact same character, we put him in a kind of different timeline in the new canon. I would almost say for that argument, I would almost say I wouldn't need uh uh Mary Jade as a as as Luke's wife. I wouldn't need her hunting Luke right after Return of the Jedi. I would I would almost take, like you said, the the hand of the Emperor or somebody who was a, a Emperor sympathizer or even first order sympathizer because the Emperor was still alive during the sequel trilogy, as we've learned. Why not have her avenging Palpatine going after Rey? Really? Then you have two strong female characters. She could be the new female Sith for Rey to face. Yeah, that would be an interesting thing. Um, definitely, I know they say that, that the Skywalker saga is over. But I they wasted Rey. You know, except for the lightsaber scenes. Right. Like she learned how to use it. Uh, then she became kind of a badass. <laughs> but as far as character development, they wasted that character, in my opinion. Um, there should have been much more character development. They had too many people that they were trying to make almost leads. And unfortunately, a lot of them fell by the wayside. Like, I, I know there was a story arc where Finn, uh, which a lot of people have argued with, that that Finn was supposed to become a Jedi, and Finn was also sp- supposed to become a, a love interest to Rey. And they completely, well, let's call it what it is. Ryan Johnson completely screwed that. He screwed the pooch on that. And I'm not shitting on Last Jedi. I'm just, the biggest problem with the sequel trilogy, Rose. nobody Rose. knew what the fuck they were doing on a cohesive story arc. If you would have gotten John Favreau and Dave Filoni to write the overall arc, beginning, middle, end, and just let the act or the uh, directors and actors work off of that as long as they hit these beats it would have been a lot better right trilogy. because you just had every film was a different feel mm-hmm. um and you know you go back to the original trilogy and it was cohesive and it wasn't even designed to be a trilogy <laughs> that's, right. what's, that's what's amazing is how well george lucas even when he brought in a new director for, for number two right uh, he basically said this is the story now make it work Right. You know, and that that made the whole thing cohesive and well thought out and the characters got development um, and they kept it to basically, you know, Han, Luke, Leia, chewing the two droids. Right. With Vader getting the bad guy trope. So you Um, find the puppet master pulling Vader's strings, which was Palpatine and you got a tease of them in, in Empire, but then you finally got them full on in, in Jedi. Right. And still not until later in the, you know, the film. Right. They tell you he's coming, but they don't do it right away. And that's how you do a film. You keep your your number of main characters small. I mean, we had BB-8, we had Poe, we had Finn, we had uh, Rose, we <laughs> Oh, by the way, we're going to have Leia. We're going to have this other admiral who, who sacrifices herself. And 
you know, oh, and Luke Skywalker's back, and then we got Ray finally. Uh, you know, right, it just right. was uh, so many characters to try and keep track of, and then they look like they're going to do a development, and it disappeared. Well, let me let me let me ask you this: this 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 would be a great uh, uh, topic of conversation. Get your opinion on this. Again, forty five years of Star Wars. Lucas gave us six movies. He gave us a two uh, 2D uh, uh, Clone Wars. And then, of course, the the most celebrated show of all time uh, was the obviously the Clone Wars, the, the 3D Clone Wars from movie to six seasons at that point before Lucasfilm sold to uh, to Disney and was taken over by Kathleen Kennedy and and all that. And then when we come to. The Disney era, I'm going to call it the Disney era. I know it's still Lucasfilm, but I'm going to call it the Disney era Star Wars, just for clarification. You got Lucas and you got Disney. With the Disney era, we had three, I don't want to say disappointments because I did enjoy the sequel trilogies, but holding them up to the original six, they they right. they fall short. You know what I mean? So I wanted something more original, and each one was way too much of A New Hope. Empire, Jedi. Right. Uh, they should have been standal. You know, okay, here's the 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 character you want. Build her up, but don't just rewrite the original trilogy. Um, so, what was the, uh, the rest of it? So, the, so yeah, we had those three we, disappointing endings, and I hate to use the term disappointing because again, I, I enjoyed them for what they were, but if I were to compare them to the original trilogy, they fell short. But then we also got Rogue One. We also got Solo. We also got uh, Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian and a seventh season of The Clone Wars. We got Rebels. We got the disappointing Resistance. We got the, in my opinion, disappointing Visions. But we've gotten so much, and that's not even to mention the comic books, the uh, right. the the new the new novels and everything else. Overall, in your opinion. With everything I just said about the the Disney era of Star Wars, how optimistic are you moving forward that maybe they're starting to get the idea of what Star Wars is uh, in the sense of the Mandalorian's a big hit. Boba Fett should be a big hit. Like I said, Visions was kind of a disappointment, but they they for everybody shitting on the sequel trilogy, we've had some great things pop up in this Disney era too. And how optimistic uh, are you? for the future of Star Wars based on what we've gotten thus far? Well, I think that they've really hit the mark with the live action television. Right. Bringing right. live action to TV. Um, you don't even Lucas. Well, Lucas attempted that once. Uh, we do not discuss that Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but we're still allowed to discuss the uh, Ewok movies, right? No, not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... As far as that's going, they're doing really well. And it's almost making me feel like they're taking that from their Marvel side of the house on how to do the series thing. Uh, I really want to hear more about movies coming out as yeah. well. I mean, Rogue, Rogue Squadron's been put on hold. Right. Um, you know, that's the movie I've been really looking forward to. Uh, was, uh, you know, let's watch a movie about fighter pilots. <laughs> and kind of a Star Wars Top Gun, yeah, right. And 
I still think the smartest thing they could do with that is make it, you know, current times after uh, Last Jedi and all of that, and make it Wedge's squadron again. Okay. Um, since we got the scene, <laughs> would you? Would you? Would you want? Do you think the the actor would want to come back? You know, I'm not sure because he gave his own nephew the advice of "Don't do it." Um, to joining Star Wars, the Star Wars universe. Right. Um, I am looking forward. We got, you know, uh, Kenobi coming out shortly. That that one I am very much looking forward to. You know what? As much as I'm looking forward to Kenobi and, and Ewan McGregor uh, reprising his role, I think I'm more excited for Hayden Christensen donning the Vader outfit again. Yeah, I, that, that is me it's, awesome that they, they healed that rift. Yeah, to me, it's like a second chance for him. Yeah, and it's not like he was a bad actor. No matter how good an actor you are, they had you really bad lines. Yeah, he, he had bad dialogue. Yeah, there's just nothing you can do with it. Um, so to me, to me, I'm extra thrilled for for Hayden Don and the the, the cape and and helmet again. Right, and and we're gonna get some good flashbacks, I think, of even them in the pre Vader days. Right. That that we never got to see in the films themselves, uh, which, you know, has me excited. Uh, Hayden's a pretty good actor. I've seen him in other things. And, and, I, and I've enjoyed his acting. So I am just absolutely thrilled that they have healed that rift between him and Star Wars and brought him back. And he and Ewan did have a great chemistry. Oh, absolutely. Especially, especially with Revenge of the Sith. Like a lot of people, a lot of people may not know this unless you're like a like a deep, deep Star Wars fan. The the Battle of Mustafar, the the lightsaber battle between Ewan and and Hayden, there was very minimal special. Like in the background, of course, there was all CGI and shit. But the sword fight itself was very little CGI. That was them practicing eight hours a day for forty days on that one fight, so they can give the best lightsaber in my opinion the best lightsaber performance of the whole entire saga oh, i still like uh malls malls is good but just, well, I mean, just, that's one thing i have to say the first that the three one two and three just did an incredible job on we're bringing lightsaber battles to a whole new level uh, right i mean of course you've seen the video of what we wish we'd got between Obi-Wan and Vader on the Death Star. Which, by the way, was a phenomenal video. Oh, it wasn't really it? The, uh, yeah, I, I've seen that. So if you just look it up, you'll find it mm -hmm. uh, online. It is an amazing video. Yes, uh, you could tell they're both a little older, <laughs> but they're both still expert swordsmen. Right. And still powerful Jedis. So, I mean, it's, well, Jedi Sith. Well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, and I, I know some people may look at this as like a little blasphemous, uh, but I would say this, of that video, if you were to edit it into a new special edition of A New Hope, it would just... I, I, I wouldn't complain about it. I, I really wouldn't. I mean, I enjoyed the original Star Wars A New Hope, of course, and, and the lightsaber battle... Obviously the weakest of the saga, but at the same time, there was an emotional punch to it that, that has always resonated with me. It's part of the reason I'm a Star Wars fan to begin with. 
But if they did release a new special edition of A New Hope and they took out the original scenes and put this fan-made edited thing in there, I wouldn't complain. I, I really I would. Perfect, because they put Alec Guinness in the exact right spots mm-hmm. to, to make it flow through, uh, including right up to Luke running across the field and seeing him and watching him go down. Right. Huh. Now you're making me think about getting out my editing software. <laughs> <laughs> Getting an electro, you know, elect- good digital versions of both, and editing that in. Just edit out the Java scene at at uh, at, at the Millennial Falcon. I mean, that that should have never seen the light of day. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, Java was so tiny. He was uh, so tiny, and and that janky uh, having Han walk on his tail because the original footage had Han walking around the actor. Right, yeah, so they're like so just stamp step on his tail. No, edit that out. That that could go away. <laughs> uh, you know, and he's got all his gunmen there, and he's going to allow that. Mm-hmm. Just, well, you already screwed up my shipment, so oh, now you're going to insult me. Shoot him, <laughs> right? Especially Boba standing there. <laughs> Kill the Wookiee. <laughs> you know, but uh, well, and Boba being thrown in there was not necessary either. No, not at all. Um. Because Boba was around because he brought Solo to collect the bounty. Well, you know what? I'm going to give credit to something that nobody gives credit to. And I'm going to state it because of all the Boba Fett fans. Now, I've made it clear throughout the years. I am not one of those bandwagon jumpers for Boba Fett. Boba Fett was a background character to me. He had five lines. One of them was, ah! I never understood the appeal of Boba Fett from the original trilogy. However, I understand the fans' appeal to him. They they thought he was a cool character and everything else. It's part of the reason why Django Fett exists in the prequel trilogy to give a backstory to Boba. That's why Book of Boba Fett is now revamping the character and giving him uh, a second lease on life. I get it. But I got to give credit where credit's due, and it's going to piss off every Star Wars fan. And you know me, I love to be controversial, so I'm going to piss everybody off anyway. Thank you. The holiday special, because without it, Boba Fett would not have existed. Yep. So deal with Grandpa Chewbacca jerking off to virtual reality porn and (laughs) some of the really shitty cooking shows that they did in uh, the bar scene and everything else in the holiday special. If it wasn't for the holiday special, you never would have gotten that first cartoon that introduced Boba Fett, which brought him into the Star Wars universe. Right. Which was on purpose. Yeah, it was the only thing you could take away from it. <laughs> you know, Lucas put him there on purpose because it was a, a quick flash of the new, one of the new characters for, for Empire. Empire. And, yep. you know, and he was, they played him perfect on, on the bridge of the Star Destroyer. Right. You know, the no disintegrations as you wish. That's like great concept. Although, you know, if you, if you think in the Princess Bride, he's telling Vader, I love you, uh, (laughs) as you wish. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine Boba taking them on? (laughs) Oh, that wouldn't be pretty. Since since we're on the subject of Boba, I just... out of curiosity, I know tomorrow... Well, as of recording, tomorrow the new Boba Fett episode comes out... So, as of this recording, the last latest episode was the return of the Mandalorian. 
I'm curious as a Star Wars fan and you, you watching Boba, was that kind of a slap in the face to you to just get a Mandalorian episode? Yeah, somewhat. It, it would be, yo, your ratings aren't, almost like your ratings weren't good. All of these were filmed well before the, the premiere of the first episode. Right. You know, the season was ready to go and they've just been releasing them to us one at a time. I gotta say, they need to give her a movie. Her who? <laughs> Uh, Opie's daughter. The director. The uh, director. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard. Right, Bryce. They need to give her a movie. (laughs) So here's a script. Can you go make a Star Wars movie for us? Because that was better than a lot of the the Mandalorian episodes. Right. Um, It just flowed so smoothly. Uh, And you know what? I'm going to take off a lot of... Mandalorian fans. I keep seeing all of these fans. Well, isn't his armor also, you know, made of the metal? The Beskar. No, it's not. Most Mandalorians aren't wearing Beskar armor. He collected the Beskar to make his armor. Yeah. Right. And and if you look, you know, his he didn't paint up that Beskar. He's letting everybody see that's what it is. Right. Um, just a lot of it that people get off the all Mandalorians are wearing Beskar. Um, it was stolen from Mandalore. That was one of the whole points of the Empire going in there. Uh, was they wanted it for their own purposes, right? So remember that. Now, now they can all be mad at me too. The, the two things that stepped uh, stood out to me, and there was a lot of things in that episode that stood out the most. Or a lot, a lot of things that stood out. But the two things that stood out the most to me was the humor in this episode, especially with like Mandalorian, uh, the Mandalorian happening to check his weapons <laughs> before boarding a commercial flight. Yeah, you know, right. I thought I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And then getting a ticket, you know, to get his ship back. But the other thing that really stood out was that that Terminator esque uh, uh, flashback scene of the bombing of Mandalore by the Empire and and the, the march of the K two series droids and shit like that was that was I didn't expect to see a scene like that on a, a small screen TV show, right? And just the just the executions of the the Mandos that are laying on the ground and just walking up. Oh, he's still breathing. Bunk. No, he's not. Um, that was awesome. But and to be it, honest. But to be honest, there was a, there was a couple things where I sat there and I'm like, they they straight stole it, the the the, the ring uh, city that that was Halo, <laughs> that was a Halo ring from the game, you know, and even even well, the scene, I, like I said, as much Halo stole it from a series of books written way back in the '60s called Ringworld. Okay, but then also, like I said, that that uh, scene that stood out most in my mind, I mean, it, you know, I called it what it was. It it, it was it was a Terminator flashback. That was right. Terminator's walking on skulls. <laughs> the other one you pointed out where he's, you know, taking off his weapons, that's Lord of the Rings. True. Before being admitted to the presence of uh, the king. Uh, yeah. Uh, Air, Air, king of Ro- yeah. King yeah. of Rohan. <laughs> Rohan. Uh, I'll just say Rohan. When they, they're all just whipping out weapon after weapon after weapon. Uh, and that's been used in several different films over the years. Well, for a final for a final uh, 
point, let's throw in the st- speculation here. Uh, a lot of Book of Boba Fett right now, which is the current thing for Star Wars, a lot of bo- uh, Book of Boba Fett right now is centering around the Darksaber, which we know Din right now, the Mandalorian, is the rightful owner of. Uh, but overall, obviously we're going to see at some point that is going to go into somebody else's hands. Do you think it will go to Bo-Katan? Or do you think what I'm starting to think, which I hope they don't because I, I think it would be cheap. But it do you think it'll wind up in the hands of Boba? It better not wind up in the hands of Boba. I think with Boba's redemption arc, um, and I'm thinking that's also the same reason the Darksaber is such a problem for uh, Jin, is it, it's just it's not a nice weapon. Right. And I think it needs somebody with a much darker purpose. Uh, that's why what's his name who had it uh the moth gideon yes he didn't seem to suffer any ill effects of using it or more weight or anything Um, he was also not a uh, jedi warrior or anything either one thing that even din and and sabine and uh star wars rebels when she carried it you know they all had issues with it because they weren't jedi jedi are trained to use lightsabers anybody who's non-jedi just kind of swings it around like a stick you know what I mean? Jedis are the ones that know the the finesse and and the techniques of a Jedi battle, which is why I loved when when uh, uh, when Din showed up in that meatpacking plant, and then later on when he was training with the uh, other Mandalorians, he was just wildly swinging. Le- I mean, he even cut his own leg with it because he had no idea how to use it, and, and the fact that it was heavy. But he has no idea how to use it, even if it was a normal lightsaber instead of the dark saber. Yeah. Now. One last thought for me. Do you think getting the present for Grogu made is giving us a hint towards season three of Mandalorian? Or do you think it'll come into play in these last few episodes or last couple episodes of Boba? Well, with you giving the uh, the the earlier the the thing about Mark Hamill kind of hinting towards shit happening tomorrow... I do think Grogu is going to show up and, and book a Boba Fett. I think that's going to be a short, short burn, but it's going to have a long-term play in season three. So I think we're going to see Luke and Grogu tomorrow. And he's going to have the chance to give whatever that gift is. I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, one of those uh, Mandalorian emblem. I, I forget what the creature's called. Uh like like Boba has on his shoulder and shit like that. I think it's going to be one of them, or maybe the mud the mud horn that that uh, symbol that that Din has on his armor uh, into a ne- little necklace. And I think well, they used the whole spear. That was quite a bit of metal. Well, I got the chain and everything it's else. Kind of a chainmail. Maybe, maybe, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Grogu doesn't come come up becoming the next Mandalore. You know, who was the original wielder of the Darksaber, who was both Mandalorian and Jedi. I think they're setting up for for Grogu. Maybe they're setting up for a series for Grogu where he's kind of a Mandalorian Jedi. Well, and we got Bogotan's series coming. Uh, so that that's another one. Right. I mean, there's so many routes that this one could go. I am I am actually very pleased with the whole Mandalorian expansion. 
I'm right there with you because in the original Star Wars lore, I wasn't a big Mandalorian fan. Like the character, the 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 race of Mandalorians to me were, eh. okay, there's got to be a warlight race. I get it, whatever. But I, I never really cared. I was more interested in the, the the Jedi. I was more interested in the Sith. I was more interested in the Rebels versus the Empire. I, I really didn't care all that much about the Mandalorians. But even Book of Boba Fett has me more invested in the lore of, of the Mandalorian. And they've done a great job with casting. Absolutely. I, I mean, even even non-Mandalorian. I mean, yeah, of course, you've got... You got uh, the actors that are portraying the Mandalorians, like uh, like uh, Bo and and Din, and you know, especially uh, what's his face, Katie Sackoff. Um, Katie Sackoff, and especially what's his face, who's reprising his role as basically clone Django, <laughs> and you and know, Finnick, uh, uh, you know, just the main characters have all been phenomenal at, at being chosen who, who they chose to play those roles um, right but even but, even afterwards like how many of us for years have stated that if ever there was a live action uh ahsoka it's got to be rosario dawson and they gave yeah, it to us and it we was discussed that for the stars when you and i were both back on that show um yeah we brought that who would be the perfect one uh and, and were we wrong <laughs> he called that one uh yeah john could probably find the mark could probably find that episode for us uh probably (laughs) guys i remember this now um yeah i've been extremely pleased with who they've picked to play um i had something else i was going to add and and we got into the uh, ahsoka part of the conversation and i kind of threw my my mind off um was it was it something along the lines of like this because i was thinking this too like even Unlike the sequel trilogy, I would say the casting of even the background or or like one episode, if you will, characters don't feel wasted. I mean, Bill Burr as as the the, the jilted uh, Jedi turned or not Jedi uh, stormtrooper turned uh, mercenary, you know. Uh, some of the other characters, the IG eighty eight, which at first I'm like that looks clunky as fuck but it, it served a major purpose like <laughs> it doesn't feel like any characters are wasted in yeah, you got to find out just what an ig88 can do <laughs> i mean when it just right. unloaded right. on the stormtroopers it's like well dang it's a good thing there's not two of them <laughs> <laughs> the stormtroopers would have lost um, but yeah this i think the disney era is finally settling into what it should be um they are taking more advice from other not people, not just Kennedy, which is making a huge difference. Right. Bringing in people like Bryce Dallas to direct. At, well, it's been the most popular episode of, well, both series uh, <laughs> by, by rating, um, you know, Mandalorian or Boba. Right. So it's, it was, everybody's a, Oh, give her her own movies. Give her a trilogy. <laughs> They're like going nuts over her. Uh, and she's talented. Uh, you know, I'll grant her that in both acting and directing. Um, well, I wish I could remember what I was going to say because it was it was going to be controversial and I love to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know if I could ever pull you back on. Maybe we'll have that conversation in the future. Yeah, maybe you and I should consider, you know, bringing back journalism as a more regular thing with both of us since it Do you got the time. 
you alone. <laughs> we got the time. We could definitely do it. Yeah. So what, what we should do is uh, do the uh, the shows on Saturday, the D&D show. And then uh, after everybody else exits, we just go on. We could do that. We could do that. Absolutely. So you heard it here first, guys. Journal of Jedi will come back. We're going to hash it out. Give us a couple weeks to figure it out. And uh, you might start getting more and more episodes of Journal of Jedi here very, very soon. Hey, some of our players might even stick around from the D&D game. <laughs> hey, Max, we, fun. <laughs> you know what we should do the next break from Legends of the Forgotten Gods? Is actually do a Star Wars RPG run. Yeah, yeah. I think I have the books from the original ones back in the 80s. Oh, wow. The the, the role-playing game. Well, now we know who the Game Master is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm about to start game mastering a game over there. On are you, did you? Just, I saw I saw you on Goat, um, raise new thing. I wasn't on that. Ah, I could have swore I saw your name go across a feed. Um, yeah, it's G O A T Gaming Syndicate. Hmm. Or, um, nah, I knew, knew nothing about it. The last time the last time I interacted with uh, with Ray in the gaming world was uh, when we did the uh, one off special with the uh, Shattered Dungeons crew. Oh, yeah. we, did a, we did a Christmas episode, a uh, one-off uh, campaign for them, back when when Ray was still doing the uh, uh, Chronicles of the Lost Realm for for us, <laughs> and that was the last well, that was the last gaming interaction I've had with with Ray. Well, you guys and you check it out. It's over on Discord. Um, okay, it's a whole group of DMs that are running different games. Um, I'm getting ready to start one on a game system. A buddy of mine pretty much created the entire lore and history for um, called the Dynasty Flight Service. And guess what? It's about fighter pilots. Ooh, cool. And you get to be the fighter pilots. Well, actually, I've got two game systems sitting down here. I've been reading the inst- uh, the, the uh, uh, rules for. Uh, that's the word <laughs> I was looking for. Um that I thought about bringing bringing in eventually when we get tired of legends, uh, one of which is just D and D light. Uh, it's it's Pathfinder, you oh, know, of course. But uh, I also have its uh, science fiction equivalent. I have Starfinder. Oh, or, okay. Or not Starfinder. I think it's, no, it is Starfinder. Yeah. You know, uh, which that one i'm really interested in running a campaign for because to me it feels like a mass effect slash star wars world cool so, so, I, come I'm, join us on goat man we're gonna we have a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. so you it's never know i might pop Twitch. up one day um it it's all over the place now it's growing fast so right i think on. there's a dozen games being run right now right on we could definitely i definitely check that out I mean, you guys should definitely check that out and also joe what else are you involved with anything in in particular how's how's the uh the the world outside of podcasting uh well i believe night mistress my feature film that i co-produced is finally going to be coming out uh, nice the executive producer has been hinting lately so we're real excited about that um Submitting a new script to, to the to the studio to see if they're interested. Uh, the last battleship. So I'm sending in a synopsis on that. Uh, and started work on the Fifth Legion. Nice. Is a sci-fi uh, 
uh, Earth Invasion film. Do I get a role in this one? <laughs> I'll be, be in the background as a janitor cleaning up the spill coffee. Uh, well, no, it's a bad invasion. <laughs> it, it's so bad that, that humans do something they probably shouldn't have done, but it's their only chance to defeat the invaders. That's where that one's going to go. I'm not going to ask because I don't want to spoil anything. So if you guys are <laughs> what I've got going on, I don't post a lot lately, but Steamhouse Entertainment over on Facebook or Joe Cahill, director, producer. Excellent. And of course, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast in any capacity, make sure you hit that thumbs up button, comment, share, subscribe, check out all the other great uh, uh, podcasts of Breaking the Fourth Wall Entertainment. And of course, go over to the Chris Stolle Show channel and check out my own personal podcasts. They're a little bit more racy, a little bit more uh, edgy. Uh, than what we do here, but uh, at the same time, as long as you're you're not squeamish or easily offended, go check it out. And then, or and, an adult. Uh, what's that? Or being an adult. Or being an adult. And go <laughs> check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I, I hope it's thought provoking uh, conversation. And of course, guys, if you prefer your podcast in audio only format, we got you covered. Just check out Breaking the Fourth Wall Entertainment on Anchor, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And again, real quick, I just want to thank not only Joe Cahill for coming back on. I'm excited that he wants to co-host again with Journal of the Jedi. That's going to be a great thing. I'd love to do that again. Uh, and of course, I want to thank Star Wars Podcast Day. You guys started this off last year we were blessed to be a part of it and to be even be asked to come back i i there was no way i could refuse to say no so thank you very much for having us on again and guys may the force be with you and we will catch you on the next journal of the jedi long live the empire long live the empire <laughs>